Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing grants and funding for your nonprofit, research, or business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I'm creator of WeGo Consulting and Amazon best-selling author for wish-granted tips, tools, and templates to write a winning grant. Want to get more grant writing and funding resources, books, and online courses? Visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com or wegogrants.com. Check out our free templates. Or if you have any grant writing or funding questions, you can always send me an email at hollywego at gmail.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-W-E-G-O at gmail.com. I'm excited to hear from you and to try my best to answer any questions so that you can increase your funding and impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be groovy. Hey, Changemakers, it's Holly. Hey, guys, so we are getting on to, this is number 55, can you believe it? Oh my goodness, 55 episodes. That's like, we're over a year now. I'm super excited. So, wow. (laughs) So when we originally um, set out and we launched this podcast, I believe I was doing once a month and that just wasn't enough. And then I went to one every two weeks. And now we've been pretty consistent at one a week. And that's been really, really good as far as getting feedback from all of you and, you know, getting your questions and being able to turn around and answer them via the podcast. So really excited about this. So thank you for listening because without you out there listening to these podcasts, I wouldn't be doing them, right? So yeah, so I'm excited that you guys are listening and you guys are um, connecting and we're just finding ways to get funding for your nonprofits or to advance you as a grant writer. So very, very cool. All right, so 55. So here we go. We are on the simple 10-step checklist to write winning grants. And this is really exciting. Some of it's stuff I have talked about before, but you can never hear this stuff too much, right? You want to be able to know this like the back of your hand so you are successful in writing winning grants. All right, but before we get started, I just want to say a reminder that we are starting our beta change maker membership soon and our advanced reader team. So I'm really excited. Our change maker membership will be, it'll include real awarded grant applications that we have written and that have gotten awarded for our clients. So super excited about that. Um, of course, names <laughs> won't be exposed, but you can go ahead and see that. And we will also have an archive of training videos on grant writing and research. <laughs> and then we have a checklist for grants and funding. So definitely some things that you can print out or you can have um, on like, as electronic files and you can just lead you through every single process that you have in the funding and grant writing world. Discounts on our services. We'll also have a module on there on how to get a 501c3 set up. So if you're looking at launching a nonprofit, we'll have sample bylaws, articles of incorporation, conflict of interest policy, all of those fun things <laughs> that you need to get launched. And that can just hold you back from saying, we're gonna do this next year. And then it just doesn't happen, right? So whether or not you have not started your nonprofit yet, you are already receiving a lot of money for your nonprofit or you're in between, we will have resources for all of you. We'll also offer great discounts on our services just to our members. All right, so this membership group will receive very hefty discounts on our services. So if you wanna get more information, but at the same time you want us to review one of your grants that you're gonna submit, or you want us to find some grant resources for you or funding opportunities, or you want us to write your grants, then you will have 
those discounts. And of course, it'll also include a community of other nonprofit and grant writers. So that's great. And then Q&A sessions with me. <laughs> so and with our other WeGo staff as well. So we're going to get them involved a little bit more so you can um, be exposed to their ideas as well. But this is going to be $27 per month just for the beta group. All right, guys, so you will have all of these opportunities while we are rolling out the framework of the beta group. So definitely we'll be adding more content and everything every month. And the first when we first launch it, we're going to get feedback from you guys too to say, okay, what other things would you guys find useful in this? And we will take that into consideration to add into the membership. So for, you know, kind of <laughs> being the trial at, at this launch membership group as the beta group, you will get this price and you'll be locked in at this price at $27 per month. So when we roll out the hard launch of the Changemaker membership, no longer the beta group, that will be going up to $47 per month. So that'll be a great discount, $20 per month that you will be saving and you'll be locked in at that price no matter how often we go up in the price for the membership. So please email me at Holly. Wego, W-E-G-O at gmail.com to get on that waiting list if you're interested in getting in at the beta price, if you haven't already. And the other cool news is the Amazon best-selling book, Wish Granted, is getting a re-release with a new title, cover, and a little dressing up, right, of the content. So we're going to have some newer, edgier content in there. And it's just, it's I'm super excited right now. The cover is getting worked on. Ooh. So <laughs> I'm really excited about that. And if you want to be in the advanced reader team, that means you'll get a free e-copy of the book in exchange, of course, for feedback and a review on Amazon. Then please send me an email and just say, add me to the art at hollywego at gmail.com. And of course, you're going to get that copy of the book before it's published. So it's really cool. You'll get it before anyone else does, which is awesome, before it's available on Amazon. And you'll be able to read it over, give me some feedback. Who knows, maybe some of your changes will be in the book. So it'd be really cool. It's helpful for me. And then you might say, oh, you know, you could always add this content. Now keep in mind, this is going to be a series, this whole process. In 2019, we're actually releasing quite a few books and we've been working on those. I'm getting those all rolled out. So pretty consistently on the advanced reader team, you'll be getting new books to review and just to have for your purposes, right? Without having to buy them, like how cool is that? I'm actually on a couple of advanced reader teams for different authors and I love it, it's super cool, it's personable, I get to send feedback. Sometimes I write a review and I actually get put on the back of their book or in, on the inside cover, like my review will be there with my name and everything, it's really, really cool. So it's just fun like that and then you really get to connect more with the author, so. You guys can connect more with me. <laughs> anyway, so if you want to be involved with the beta membership and or the art team, the advanced reader team, just send me an email, add me to the uh, wait list for the beta membership or add me to the art or add me to both. And I will put you on that list. I'll be sending out some emails within in the next week and we will be rolling out the beta membership very, very soon. So thanks guys for the emails that I've already gotten so far. I'm already getting a lot of people on the wait list and on the advanced reader team. And I'm super excited because I know the value that it's going to give you. This is, I mean, more than a decade of my life's work getting rolled out into all of this stuff in 2019 and beyond. So I'm really excited to share it with you. I'm excited to see your nonprofits grow, to see your grant writing freelance companies grow. I'm just really excited to see all of the change that you guys are making in the world and that you're sharing with me. So thank you again for being completely awesome. Anyway, so yeah, so here we are today. So once again, we're on number 55. Let me give you a top 10 checklist, right? The simple 10 step checklist to write winning grants. 
So here we go. These are very simple. They're very basic. I'm going to roll through this just so you have like, okay, what do I need to do as soon as I, a grant comes out? What am I supposed to do to get from just finding out about it to actually submitting? Here's the top 10 things that you need to do. Number one, read the entire funding opportunity announcement or request for proposal. So as soon as you hear about that grant, read the entire notice, right? Whether that be a funding opportunity announcement, a FOA, or a request for proposal, an RFP. So this may seem apparent, but you'd be surprised how many nonprofits send me the FOA or RFP and ask me to write them a grant for a specific grant, and they aren't even eligible to apply for that grant. They're like, here, Holly, write me this grant. And so, you know, I wanna pay you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if you read it, you would see you're not even eligible to apply for this grant. And the worst thing is if you put together an entire grant application, you spend all this time on it, you know, it takes a lot of time, right? Sometimes to write these grants, and then you submit it, and then you just receive a notice that you aren't even eligible to apply for it. That's just a bummer. Other things you can catch by reading the entire FOA RFP are priority areas for the grant program, what to include in the grant, what is allowable for funding, page limitations, if there is a required matching component and more. So read it in its entirety before you even decide you're going to go after it. And that's one of the things I do. Sometimes people would just send me RFPs and photos my clients, right? And they'll say, Holly, can you just read this over and see if, you know, if this is a good fit? And a lot of times, you know, sometimes I have to say, no, it's not a good fit. We don't fit into the priority areas or the things that you want to get funded aren't allowable under this grant project. So for that specific project, you might not want to write this grant, but maybe for a different project, it would be a good fit. So these are things to really look at. And the more you read these, the more you're going to get better at actually identifying the best fit grant opportunities. So please do read the entirety BOA or the RFP. Number two, once you say, okay, it is a good fit, we are eligible, we're going to go for it, set up a grant team meeting. Even if it's just you by yourself writing the grant, pretend you have a team and delegate yourself to different responsibilities and different deadlines. Why? Does that sound a little crazy? Well, it's because you still want to make sure your each part is completed. It's like creating an operational manual for your company as a solopreneur, right? You still want to have different job roles and tasks for each thing that needs to get done. And sometimes it is you doing all of those roles, but you want to um, compartmentalize each of these roles and each of these things that get so you make sure that you get everything done. So it really does help. And if you have a team, even better, your team is optimal. So that would include an executive director, bookkeeper slash accountant, lead grant writer, a grant coordinator, and a specialist if necessary. So you can definitely get more extensive information on this if you refer back to Grant Writing and Funding podcast number three, how to build a grant writing team. That'll give you some more information. But basically you wanna set up this team and even if it's just like yourself or two people, you do wanna set up this meeting. You wanna go over each role, who's gonna be responsible for what and when they have to get each thing done. And I always like to go backwards from the timeline. So if you say, okay, it's due on February 15th, right? So instead of saying, okay, now 
at December 19th, we're going to go ahead and do blah, 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 or X, Y, Z, right? No, first go back a week and say, okay, February 15th, well, or even five days, <laughs> at least five days, you're going to say, okay, let's actually submit it on February 10th. Okay, so we need to be done on February 10th, not the 15th. Now let's go back four more days or two more days and say, okay, this is the last draft. This is the final draft review. And then this is the rough draft. Now who's going to do the budget? When is that going to be due? Who's going to do each section? When is that going to be due, etc. So you kind of go backwards and then you're going to see how much time you have for each thing. So that's what you can do at your grant team meeting. The other thing at your grant team meeting is you can do everything else we're going to talk about today. You're going, you want to kind of just at least get a rough draft of everything else that we're going to talk about. So Number three, prepare any forms that are required. The last minute bio from a board member might completely throw off your grant application, right? Last week I had a client that could not get their bookkeeper to send their annual operating budget to them on time for submitting a grant and they missed the deadline. This is after we had been asking for it for months, right? Needless to say, the executive director was super bummed. The entire grant was ready, except for that attachment that was required by the funding source. So every time you apply for a grant, the funding source is gonna ask for different types of attachments. Most of the time, they're gonna ask for a copy of your 501c3 status. So that's the letter the IRS sent you with your EIN number and all of that jazz when you actually got incorporated. So you always wanna have electronic copies of that. Like, oh, you wanna have it, everybody wants to have a copy of that. It's gotta be in the cloud, it's gotta be everywhere. Another thing that is often asked for is a list of the board members and their bios. That's kind of why I threw that in the beginning. Sometimes financials are requested. So there's different things for different funding sources that they're gonna ask for. So make sure you look at those forms first because sometimes that's kind of low hanging fruit and it's easy to get out of the way. And another nonprofit I worked with, oh my gosh, the last minute they could not find their copy of their 501c3. So that was imperative. So it was just like, oh my God, they finally got it. They had to <laughs> go to Revan Tax. It was all of this, you know, just overextended energy at the last minute that didn't need to be had. <laughs> you know, they would have just had it in the beginning and just gotten it taken care of in a stress-free manner. So number three, that is preparing any forms that are required. And just make sure you get all those attachments secure and put them in a folder, like an electronic folder and a hard copy folder, however you need to submit that, right? Okay, number four, find out your problem slash needs. What is really needed in your community? Have you already done your due diligence and research? You should really do step number three, even before you are looking for grants, as a step is mostly to make sure that you have this in, as a number three step, why I put it here. Like if you're gonna do a needs and strengths assessment, all that stuff, do that before you even start applying for grants so you can really figure out what grants you need to go after. But once you have the information as far as step number three, you wanna know what specific need you're gonna be talking about for this grant application. For instance, maybe you're your nonprofit, it serves a population that has different needs. So you might serve homeless individuals. Under those homeless individuals, you might have subsections as far as you might also serve people with mental disabilities. You might serve people with substance abuse disabilities. You might serve people that are survivors of human trafficking. You might serve youth, you might serve adults. So you have all of these different subsections. So for the grant that you're applying for, you wanna be able to spell out which specific problem and need are you gonna talk about. You don't wanna talk about all of those, it's not gonna apply, right? Here's probably one specific need is going to apply. And then you can kind of support that by the information. So number three is you want to find out which specific need that your problem that you're going to be talking about for the grant. And you want to make sure that you have the information and the evidence there. So indicate the specific problem or needs for the specific grant project. 
So you may think there is a high prevalence of poverty in your community, but do you have the statistics to support it? Where did you get the statistics? Are they from rele relevant resources within the last five years? For every problem or need that you want to solve, make sure that you clearly use evidence, i.e. citations, for these issues. A clear problem could be, quote, according to the Post, 75% of the single moms in Post community earn less than the poverty threshold of $22,000 per year, end quote. So that is, a, it's, it's based on evidence. It shows a clear need, right? And we're talking about poverty threshold in single moms. Right? You could talk about other needs of single moms as well. Maybe you're not going to talk about poverty. Maybe you're going to talk about other issues that they have as far as not having childcare or being marginalized or not, you know, there's so many different ways that you could go. So it would really be like, what specific need do you want to talk about and how are you going to support it? You can utilize census reports, newspaper articles, published papers, interviews, surveys, focus groups, and more. Once you know your needs and they are supported, then you can do step number five, create the goal. Okay. Now, how are you going to solve the problem? That's basically what the goal is. These steps are all kinds of, they all kind of happen simultaneously and a rough draft can be created in one setting. So we're gonna be talking about the next several steps and you're gonna be doing that at your grant team meeting. All right, guys, you're gonna go over a rough draft. What is our main problem? What is the need that we're gonna focus on? What is our main goal, etc. And then we're gonna talk about a few other things. Okay, so for example, at your grantee meeting, what is the goal? Well, it should be to solve the problem you identified. So an example goal could be, quote, for single mothers in post-community to earn a living wage, right? That's basically the flip side of 75% of single moms in post-community earn less than the poverty threshold of $22,000 per year. So you're going to say our goal is that all single mothers will be learn earning a living wage in our community. So it's a bigger concept. You want it to be kind of broad because this is not your objective. We're going to get to objective in a minute. So this is a broad thing. It relates to the entire community and it would be like basically the flip side of your problem. So how are you going to reach that goal? You're going to reach that by step number six. You're going to create smart objectives. You reach your goal through objectives. As you lay out the objectives, they should be smart and that stands for specific measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. An example objective could be, quote, by the end of 12 months, 50 single moms in post-community will graduate from the workforce training program with a cert certification in healthcare or construction management, end quote. So it's specific, 50 moms, they're going to graduate in a, cert a certification in healthcare and construction management. It's measurable, how many, 50, how long, 12 months, they're going to either have one, or they're going to have a certification, one of two fields, it's achievable, it's relevant because it relates back to the goal and to the problem statement, and it's time bound. Now something to look at is, do you have the moolah for your objectives, right? But before you get there even, we're going to really break down your objectives, because you need to know if you have the money for your objectives. And in order to do that, to figure that out, you have to write down the activities, all the act different activities needed to complete and to execute your objective. So here we go. If you if your objective is by the end of 12 months, 50 single moms in post-community will graduate from the workforce training program with a certification in healthcare or construction management, then you need the specific steps, people responsible, and deadlines in which to roll out that objective. So some examples, the first activity could be to hire a program manager and program coordinator by the end of the first month, and this will be done by the executive director. So you can see you have the specific step. We're gonna hire the program manager and program coordinator. You have the person responsible by the executive director, 
and you have the deadline by the end of the first month. Super clear, right? <laughs> now, the next step may be that the program coordinator will curate workforce trainers in healthcare and construction management by the end of month two. Once again, you're saying what the step is to curate workforce trainers in healthcare and construction management. Who's gonna do it? Program coordinator, because they're gonna be hired by then, right? Because this is the deadline is by the end of month two. A further step could be that the program manager will start an awareness campaign to recruit participants by the end of the second month. See, these are simultaneously going on because this is now the program manager doing it, right? So you can have different tasks that are going on if they have the same deadlines, right? That's absolutely fine. This would go on in detail to ensure that the entire objective is completed. This will give you a chance to see if your project is realistic because next you need to, like I said, realize if you had the money for your objectives. So now step number eight is create the budget. So you don't go backwards, okay, what can we do with this amount of money and then break it down. First, you need to know what is the need, what is the goal, what is the objective? What are the objectives? And you can have usually up to three. I wouldn't say have more than three objectives. Try to keep it very kind of clear. Although you can have many different activities under each objective. As you just saw, we just covered three examples just under one. You would have a lot more activities, but then you need to know, do we have the budget for it? So if the grant is for $200,000. Is that enough funding to get 50 single moms through this program by the end of one year? Right? That's when you break it down and examine each activity under each objective to ensure that you have adequate funding. Do you have enough funding to hire a full-time program manager and program coordinator? Maybe they only can be part-time, okay? How much do you have to train the workforce? How much money do you have to train workforce trainers? Maybe you don't have enough funding to hire the workforce trainers, but this grant would enable the woman to join existing workforce training by simply paying for the stipends that are needed for the woman, and you would just partner with existing resources. Have you provided funding and activities for success? For example, if you are serving single moms under the poverty line, then are you providing childcare or rent while they go through this program? How are they actually gonna do it realistically? So every objective needs to be fully funded, but sometimes you need to change or augment how you're gonna roll it out. So that would be creating your action timeline. So in this way, it's not chasing the money anymore because you're developing your project and then you're adjusting the money to fit your project. It's the opposite way around. And believe me, grant reviewers can smell this, right? They know when you're chasing the money. And when they see it done the other way, they say, oh, they're really addressing a need and they're, they're figuring out how to get this funded. And it really does come across when you look and you say, okay, you know what? This isn't enough money to fully execute this objective. So now we can break our objective down a little bit more. Maybe we're only gonna be able to serve 25, right? That would be another option that you could do. Maybe, you know, like I said, maybe it's gonna be part-time staff instead of full-time, as long as they can fully execute the program being part-time. So you really do wanna look at how are we gonna actually fund it? How does it make sense? So that's how you do your budget. And number nine, create the project design. Okay, now you're gonna to tie together the entire grant. And one thing I do have to say about how you break this down, you know, you're just doing kind of a rough draft. You're doing your, your needs, you know, in your grant team, you're saying, okay, what are we actually gonna do? We've read the entire FOA, we've read the entire R, the RFP, and now we realize we're eligible, you know, this would be a good grant for us to apply for. Okay, so who's gonna do what? What's our timeline look like in getting this grant done? And now let's go ahead and look at what is the problem that we're going to take care of in this grant? What is our goal? What are the objectives? 
objectives. What are the steps, each activity for each objective? Now, what is the budget? Do we need to change any of that? You're just doing that when everything's just kind of drafted out. You haven't written paragraphs and pages and spent all this time. And now that you've gone and now and now go over the budget and the objectives, because then you're going to have to redo all that writing. I'm telling you, do these 10 steps and you will save so much time and you will be very clear on your grant. All right, so now, not until step number nine, do you actually tie together the, the grant, you actually do the flowery writing and get it all done. All right, so you fill in any other areas such as the background and experience of your organization, resumes, job description. If you have to write a project summary and an abstract, you know, they might just wanna say, okay, now that we know that what your objectives are, how are you gonna roll out the program? So now you go on and you kind of narrate your objectives. You really explain all of your steps. And you have the information to pull from now too. You're not just making it up as you write. You're just looking at your chart. If you made it into a chart and you're explaining it, you're explaining your budget. This is gonna help you be so much more productive when you actually come to writing the grant. All right, so number 10. Now, review. And you wanna, you know, let's review it again. Now that it's finally done, you can give it to somebody that hasn't seen it yet to read it. So they can really give you clear feedback and kind of clean up any editing, any grammar, all that kind of fun stuff. Make sure it's very, very clear and put together. That's really nice. And especially if you give them the funding opportunity announcement or the RFP, because in there, it should tell you how the reviewers are going to score, right? So just say, here you go, look at this <laughs> page that has how they're gonna score. And I want you to review my grant as if you were a grant reviewer. And they will, it's awesome. When you have really, you know, your board could do this even. You could have different people on your executive team or even just your beneficiaries even. I mean, you could really get people involved in this process to review what you've written. Obviously, if you have confidential budget information, you might not want to share that, but at least you want them to review the grant as a concept and as a project. So that would be a great thing for you to do. And then you can update any edits or just clarify anything. And then you can submit, yay. So then you can push the button or send it in and you are good to go. So there are your 10 steps. Read the FOA or the RFP in its entirety. Make sure you're eligible. Get your grant team together. Get all of your documents together, all of those attachments. Get that all going. And then you can roll out each step-by-step and get it done. This is the best way, it's the simplest way. I'm not gonna say it's easy, but I'm gonna say it's gonna make your life a lot easier using this system. So I wish you all luck in submitting grants. And if you like these tips and want more resources, remember that waiting list for the Beta Changemaker membership is now open to get at $27 per month. And this is a limited time. <laughs> so get in and stay on board at this price, even when the price goes up. Also, the Advanced Reader team is open. So if you want to read books before they're published, great grant and funding content, then just send me an email, hollywego at gmail.com. All right, guys, I look forward to seeing you and um, wishing everyone out there happy holidays and hope you're all well. As always, send me an email with any questions. If you just want to connect, go ahead and we can connect on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. All right, guys, have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. 
As always, please feel free to send me an email if you have any grant writing or funding questions to hollywego at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the grant writing and funding podcast, then I would love to ask you a favor. Please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening and go get funded.